Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another special bonus episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. I'm your girl, Lonnie Love, and this time, Alec is the one booked and busy. He couldn't be here. I'm glad, because I like being by myself sometimes. It's just me today. And we're going to talk to the latest eliminated contestant from RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race. I am so excited to talk to him. You know him as an activist and an actor. I loved him in Mean Girls. But today, this nice guy is joining me to talk about Drag Race. Please welcome to the podcast, Donna Bellissima, better known as Daniel Franzese. Hello. (laughs) First of all, I am thrilled that Alec is not here. I want you all to myself. I'm so sick of Alec. He's such a pain in my ass. By the way, (laughs) he loves you. He is so sad that he can be. I adore him. He's out doing pride up in Canada. So, yes, please go spread love. Okay, but he wanted me to give you his well wishes and hellos. And he's sorry that he missed you. But he also wanted me to ask you a question. He gives me assignments, Daniel. He says, (laughs) Did you keep the sausage prop that you used in your performances? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, we just rented it. It was a sausage for rent. Oh. Um, I, <laughs> I had the best time. This was so silly and so fun and just like beyond. It was great. What made you want to do Secret Celebrity Drag Race? Because I did it as well. But what made you want to do it? I loved when you did it. It was so emotional. So, you know, the journey, like I went through the same thing. Um, But like, I wanted to do it because Rue asked me to do it. If Rue asked me to do anything, I just answer the phone. Yes. Yes, yes. mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm there. Like I would literally do anything. Um, No, but um, I'm like a super fan. I am mm-hmm. a drag race super fan. So like I... I know everything like on my off times, just like for fun, like the way people would listen to sports. I listen to the different podcasts, the different YouTubers, just keeping up on all of the, you know, the gossip and what's going on. And I'm friends with so many of the queens. So for me, it was just like, oh, my God, it's my turn. I get to do it. (laughs) (laughs) The weird part about it was it was kind of like if you're a football fan or like you're a basketball fan, all of a sudden someone's like, you're going to play on the all-star Olympic team. Um, and like Michael Jordan's just going to like whisper in your ear like for 15 minutes a day and see how you do at the Olympics. Like it was so hard. You did it so well. Now let's talk about your process of how you came up with your drag name, how you came up with the persona. How was that? I, you know, I was looking at a few different puns and stuff. Like at first I wanted to be Claudia way to the top. You know, like, and I had all these different ideas of like, you know, names I did. But, you know, I was like, I kind of want to take it seriously. This is like a real art form. And -hmm. some of my favorite queens are, I mean, not I don't want to call them like park and bark queens, but like kind of like the queens who like the pageant, you know, and they're really just like those seasoned queens who just like go out there and rock a song and you can like get a tear in your eye for them listening (laughs) something. And I was like, I feel like, you know, that's a little bit of Donna's energy. I did not know that I was signing up for Dancing with the Drags. I did not know that. (laughs) 
I did dancing with the drag. <laughs> I did not know that. I was like, oh my god, I got to get up on my sewing. I got to write roast jokes. You know, I'm a comedian, so I was like okay. writing most of the jokes and getting ready for all of that kind of stuff. The snatch game. I was ready for all this kind of stuff that just never came around for me. I was like, oh. I was like, when do we sew? <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're like, no, you're gonna do another dance number, and I'm like, but my feet hurt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, me being a hefty person myself, I related most to you, especially being Donna Bellissima, because I was Mary J. Ross. But I could see from your start to all the way to your end, which to me came premature. I'm just going to be biased like that. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the confidence build. I saw the beauty unfold even more. Did you feel like that towards the end? Yeah, my breakthrough was started when the duets episode with Silky and then really um, when I got to the 90s and I was celebrating who I was and thinking about the time that I was in conversion therapy and all that stuff. It it all just kind of hit, you know? Like, I was like, wow, like, I understand what this does. I mean, my definition of talent in general my personal mm-hmm. definition of talent is God shining a light on you and giving you a gift. And then when you use that gift, you're like a reflective surface that reflects uh-huh. the, the light that God puts on you. So other people can bask in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we think about like Beyonce or somebody like that. And we go to their concerts or, or these great people. And then like all these, they could fill a whole auditorium with, all, with, with the light that they reflect because they work so hard to the bone. You know, Beyonce is missing meals and has, you know, blisters on her feet and, and, you know, can't go to weddings and all the other things that we all do in show business that happens to all of us. So I just really tried to give it like the hundred percent that I thought that Mamaru deserved and the art form deserved. And it was a lot more than I, you know, than the gas I probably had in my own tank. (laughs) (laughs) You did it so wonderfully. And you were, I love when people incorporate their culture and that's what you did with the whole Italian stumping of the grapes. You know, I thought that was just genius. And I mean, we hadn't really had an Italian queen on the show, like a full on Italian queen. I mean, we've had, (laughs) you know what I mean? I was like, we've seen so many different people be able to do that. And, and especially in like those all-star talent shows, like show some of the really amazing, the cultural parts of their history. And I was like, Oh, this is an opportunity for me to shine a light on, on Italians, you know, that isn't a mafia related imagery or something, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you did it well. Let's talk about because you were talking about how your religious upbringing, you had to find balance between religion and loving and being your authentic self. There are so many people that are going through that right now. What are some things that you could say to them for them to be more accepting of themselves? I touched on it on the show. I mean, they didn't show a lot of the conversation that I had, you know, because the only certain amount of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I like I, I feel like I felt less than, you know, like I didn't understand. I was like, OK, because I was kind of bi-romantic but homosexual like I was really I could really fall in love with a woman so it was confusing to me I didn't realize the beautiful rainbow spectrum of all the different you know sexualities and genders that we're all learning about these days like it was I was young and there was no information you know and yeah I just felt like I was failing at being straight you know I was like so good and excelling at so many other things but I was like a failure in some way and then when I finally started to peek out I actually had a drag queen which is one of the reasons I love drag so much was one of my the first people to kind of say like hey come with me and I'll get you in the door and I'll give you a free drink and you could check this out in a safe environment. Mm. But when I got to the gay clubs and then all of a sudden I was chubby and everybody wasn't looking at me or talking to me, I was like, I hear I am with my people. And then they were like, we don't want you. You know, it was, it was just a weird time for me to be very young. It was, a, it was literally like the end of the nineties and the beginning of the two thousands, like still sort of at the tail end of the AIDS crisis. I think there was just so much stigma and so much weirdness and, 
it was an awkward time for me. And my family was really accepting. You know, that's a big thing I'd love to correct here. My family didn't put me in conversion therapy. You know, I had gay elderly uncles and we had gay cousins and things that were accepted. And I would say lovingly tolerated in my family, but I put myself in because I felt like the gay community didn't want me, the Christian community I didn't fit into. I was like, where do I fit? I need to figure this out. And I kind of wanted like a diagnosis and, you know, like, uh, like someone just to tell me what I was, you know, instead of me trying to have it, have to figure it out. And what I realized and what I'd like to say to anyone that's struggling with that is you are you and you are perfect. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God and you are perfectly you. And like, it takes such a long journey to figure that out, you know? And that was one of the things that I think made me stumble with Donna Bellissima's journey was that I had, as Daniel, I am a fully realized, confident man. Like, I have yes. no problem. I love my big belly. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, let, I let it out in the sun all the time when I go to the beach. You know, I don't care. <laughs> but like, but as for Donna, it was like, okay, like, you know, as a big guy and you were saying that, you know, as a larger person in entertainment, you could understand you get to the fitting and they're like, well, we don't really have this thing for you or oh, every, yeah. well, we don't every, have a sample size. You're not a sample size. That's the t- not even that. A, a great example would be when we did the rusical moment from Drag Race Live in Vegas. Right. Like mm-hmm. every, everybody had clear shoes, but they just didn't have a pair of my size. So they had to like paint the same shoe from the, the week before a nude color. Like mm. there's always some sort of compromise. That's not my fault that like kind of like holds me back from being, you know, one thing or another. And, you know, that's why I said I didn't want something like shoes to gatekeep me from being able to try this. You know, one of the things is, Lani, I'm going to tell you right now, girl, I'm a size mm-hmm. 18 wide female shoe. Oh, <laughs> like, that's custom. That's custom, right? So mm-hmm. when I was on the show, I was in some heat gun 16s the whole time. Like oh. I, could, <gasps> I could stand in a higher heel. They just didn't have one. No one could find one. And oh. it wasn't time to make one. Oh. And you know there was you can't make custom things if you don't know if someone's going to be here the next week. Exactly. You know, like spend spend all the money of the budget and then they might get voted off. So it's like the, I don't think anyone expected me to stay that long with that problem, but I fought through it. And you <laughs> did well too. Well, I, I'm all I'm saying is that close up of my foot in the nude heel with the uh-huh. the stockings not matching like uh-huh. my skin tone. That's homophobic. That was homophobic. <laughs> 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 You can't put me on Drag Race and put me in those heels. Y'all got to remember, everybody listen to this. And I know you have people from the tribe listening to the show. You have people from the Philippines and everywhere listening to this. Right. I didn't buy my own shoes, bro. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just letting you know I can walk in heels. I'm going to have to get something custom made if there's an All-Stars because, girl, I ain't going down like that again. You know what? This is the things <laughs> that we learn. And this is about, uh, you know, being inclusive. When we talk about inclusive, we're not just talking about race. We're not just talking about, you know, we're talking about body size. We're talking about shoe size. This is the things that we learn by doing this. Mm-hmm. And this is the beauty of drag race that we have to consider certain things. So I'm glad that you're bringing this out because, you know, I mean, I can't walk in heels. <laughs> like, but for you to be able, you know, <laughs> You can't assume that big people can't walk it. No, I had one pair that was higher than the rest. It was like a real heel. Like I could have mm-hmm. worn it, but the heel wouldn't have withstood me dancing or right. me doing some of the things that were required to do in this arena. So I just was like, I'm going to, you know, I have to be able to do the job. So, right. And I don't want to hurt my, I don't want to go home because I hurt myself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The things that we learned, we got to get Lizzo because Lizzo got the big girl. So she, she got all kind of shoes. <laughs> stuff. I went, let me say something. I called everybody, you know, you know, we have an NDA and stuff, but you also have the friend DA where like, if you're doing something in show business, yeah, yeah. you can call another show, mm-hmm. you can call another show friend and it's not breaking the rules. 
well, don't you know I was at Latrice's house trying to find a shoe that fit, and and me, me, her, and Christopher, her husband, could not find one shoe. I was like, you know, if I'm at Latrice's house and I can't do this, like, what am I supposed to do? I just felt like a giant, and it made me feel it made me feel really insecure because then you know somebody. Like you know, Thirsty Von Trapp who walks around the corner. She literally looked like Ariana Grande. Yeah. I'm like, here's this. Go- yeah. I'm like, here's this gorgeous girl, and I'm like this suspiciously <laughs> large woman. No, you looked. Can I say that you looked gorgeous? Even that it's last. So gorgeous. I, it, I mean, when I say you had that white, and, and I was like, and you gave me ideas. I'm like, wow, that's a great Emmy look. The white, and it was just that simple white sequence cloth, the bodysuit up under. That was so empowering, and I understood what you were saying about if you could have redid that, would you have moved a little bit more, like they had suggested? Yes and no. First of all, I really wanted to. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm facing body image problems, so I really wanted to be naked. I was like, I want to be a naked woman. And, and especially because the song was born naked. I right. thought that was so powerful for me yes. to say, I feel insecure, but I'm going to be totally naked. Right. <laughs> you know? So I thought that that was like, just like a really good move. I don't know if I would have moved more. And I'm telling you why, because it was a strategy point. And this is why these podcasts are good. Okay. One of the things I did not realize about drag race period, and I have such a new found respect. I always respected them, but such a new found respect for the people that have been in this race is that I didn't think about the sleep deprivation. <gasps> Like it's just three days for every week. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we learn the dance, you go over the dance and close. And the next day you're in front of a live city audience. Yep. You live sync for your life. And then you're there the next day. And my body just wasn't, I, I, and then you after, after I would leave work or leave the set and I would go home and I hired Laganja to teach me how to run the dances. Mm. Cause I was like, what am I going to do? And right. so all night I'm dancing. You know, then I go to bed and I have earbuds and listening to the Lip Sync for Your Life song while I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a process. And then I'm up at six in the morning and I'm going again. And you have to know that I had to do a little bit of extra because I'm up against Glee Kids. I'm up against a Backstreet Boy. I'm up against, oh. you know, Tatiana Lee's a recording artist and an actress since she's a child. Like, I'm like up against people who have been doing this and got to cut their teeth doing this for so long. Yes. And I'm a musical theater guy and everything, but I mean, usually, you know, I'm a character actor. I stand on a box and the chorus boys dance around me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm pulling the George Wentz, you know, like I'm like, hey, like everybody dance around. Like, <laughs> but I like, but I, but this was different. This was like, no, you need to do more. You need to do more. You need to do more. So I figured, look, I won last week. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also won the second lip sync, yes. you know, to believe. I'm like, and then now I'm doing this group number and I'm good in the group number and I'm dancing in this episode in front of this audience. Why not come out and try to do something that was more powerful and more centered and more actually in my wheelhouse and, you okay. know, and take a, take a break. So if I make it through and I get to the next episode, which I felt like they weren't going to cut me before a snatch came. I kind of called Mama Roo's bluff a little bit. I was like, uh-huh. I know you're not getting, you're not getting rid of the sketchy comedy guy before a snatch game, at least. Uh-huh. But you know, you never know. You never know. It's a contest and a race, you know. And I just, I really tried, and everyone was like, you should do something. And I was like, I can't do something in these same shoes again. Now, let me just tell you. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, we're doing it in three days. My original concept was a little more fierce. Like I wanted to be like on a moon. Like on a literal moon, like like those old yes. like vaudeville women. And I wanted paper mache heels that went down to the earth on a little paper mache earth. So I was like, oh, you want me to wear big heels? I'm gonna wear the biggest heels ever from the moon to the earth. Oh. And so then I was thinking that I would have this huge fan and maybe like Miss Piggy number in like the Muppet <gasps> Show. Like my dress would be blown off, like someone could pull it with a string. Uh-huh. And it would be like like it was something was going wrong in the middle of it a little bit, you know, like a comedy moment. And I think if I could have executed it that way, it would have maybe even won. Right. But, you know, 
trying to get everybody to get in your mind and you're half asleep and you're, you're rushing and, you know, and plus you can't see what everybody else does. Yes. You have no idea what you're exactly. And, and I like, you know, was torturing myself and then watching them go tell Chick LaFay, you know, maybe you should just stand there with Violet. And like, just, you know, kind of walk around and I'm like, oh, someone could walk around, right. you could walk around. Right. That's, that's an option. Right. You know? <laughs> like, like, and I was like, oh, I want to walk around in a number, you know, I, and they were saying, oh, you have too many props. You have too many things. I was like, well, let me take it back to nothing and bring it back to what drag is really about and sell like a fierce lip sync and do it naked. Like it just, it seemed like it was the best card that I could play at that time, but somebody had a better Uno card and just kind of like did the old reverse on me. But you know what, Daniel, it was <laughs> fabulous though. And this is the reason why we have these podcasts so you can explain what was the thinking behind it because I saw it, but then it was like, they were like, oh, just a little bit of movement. Just, and I'm like, no, I understood what you were saying. You wanted to find that strength in the stillness, mm-hmm. which you, to me, you did. You actually did. I do feel like when I watch it and I, maybe I wouldn't have gotten as much close-ups if it was in the wide and I was dancing, but like getting those close-ups showed my lip syncing skills the best out of any number, I think, because I, yeah. I, I was a little bit like, oh, they're cutting to a dancer when I, when I knew I was making a funny face in other episodes, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, you can't uh-huh. really, you can't really have it the whole time, you know? Oh, and another tricky thing, the stage was a triangle and the point was the camera, but then to the right were the judges. So do you play yes. to the audience? Do you play to the yeah, camera? Exactly. Or do you play to the exactly. judges? And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times they're like, you should turn out more. I'm like, I know that's like acting one-on-one, but I'm turning out to, <laughs> there's a whole audience here, you know? You know what you're doing? Yeah. It's like you're trying to, yeah, I, I totally get it. Then when I watch myself in some of the lip syncs, because I, like, when I did Believe, I, I think that mm-hmm. I felt that more than anything. I was, I was really crying. Like literally the lines are like, no matter, no matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside. Mm-hmm. And I was looking right at Mama Ru. I wasn't letting her look at anyone else. I was like, look at me while I say these words. And it was like, uh-huh. there was a moment between Ru and I, I really truly believe that. And, you know, and on camera, I'm, I'm facing Ru, not the camera. And you can't really see a lot of that. So it's, you know, these right. little tiny things that we don't know, you know, and I, I've been looking forward to the opportunity to tell people, I'm, I'm going to make a few TikToks and stuff too, about like, some of my inspiration points because for each episode i picked a queen that i admired oh and and a woman who i thought was sexy when i was little growing up oh so like for for the mambo italiano i was doing like sort of like ginger minge means peggy bundy uh-huh. I love you know? that. And yeah, I, I said Peggy, Peggy Bundeliano. Like, <laughs> like, so and, then, and then for like the Kim Petras number, Money Honey, I was doing like Lady Bunny meets Anna Nicole Smith. And, you know, so I was kind of just like trying to do that for each one. And it was really fun to do that. I thought I had a great time. You know what, Daniel, I thank you so much for this time. And I thank you so much for that insight because this really helps a lot of our squirrel friends. And we want to keep following you and those exciting things that you're going to do. So where can we find you on social media? I would like to ask everyone from the Philippines and beyond to follow me at What's Up Danny on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, blackpeoplemeet.com, Date, Farmers <laughs> Only, Venmo and Grinder, and anywhere else that you can find something. And also, if you are struggling with anything or if you if you are a person who's found a reconciliation with God and you're gay, please go to my podcast, Yas Jesus. Um, it's yasjesuspod.com. That's Y-A-S-S-Jesuspod.com. And we would love for you to join our community. So thank you for having me. I mean, I, I've always adored you. And, you know, we also did Funny Dance Show together. I know. That's why I was like, wait a minute. Daniel, you doing all the shows. <laughs> I mean, you, already see, you already see me, Vogue, as a Venus flytrap. So. Well, will we see Donna Bellissima again? I hope so. You know, if the 
check is high enough and the heels are low enough, Donna will just magically appear. Like, that's what I like to say. I am, uh, honestly, olive oil you. I do. And I would love to do it again. Please, Mama, call me. Mama Rue, if you're listening, call me again. I'll be there for All Stars. I'll host Fashion Photo Review, whatever you need. Thank you, Daniel Francesi, so much for joining me on Squirrel Friends. You have a great day. <laughs> you too. God bless you. Mwah. And Alec, haha, you weren't here. All right. <laughs> great. And thank you, Squirrel Friends, for joining me. I mean, that was great, wasn't it? Now, Alec and I will both be back Monday for another brand new episode. Until then, remember to tip your queens. Be nice to them on socials. Like Alec always says, be nice. You know, they work really hard. You just heard what Daniel just said about all the hard work. And that was just secret celebrity drag race. So make sure that you're nice to people that you're encouraging. Send them a little bit of love and send us a little bit of love. You can send Alex some love because you know he needs more followers at Alec Mappa on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram at Lonnie Love on Twitter. And you can listen to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us five stars, please. Tell a friend. Catch new episodes of Secret Celerity Drag Race Fridays on VH1. We'll see you soon. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.